Great. Well, um, today we're bringing to a close our Get Ready series, as Kath mentioned, uh, that we've been journeying through together as a church since uh, back in mid-January. And as we bring this journey into land, I said last week, this final week's going to look a little bit uh, different to normal, which is partly why I'm preaching live this morning. So normally we'd record this the night before, but we're coming live, so anything could happen now, you've been warned. Uh, a few minutes ago, everything did. We dropped all the mics and everything in the it was really quite a simple rearrangement of the room we had to do, but I think the nerves really got to us. Um, but we're, we're first going to spend some time this morning in this kind of uh, unique week, um, looking back over the last year or so in really concrete terms, reviewing where we've been, um, but also how we've invested our resources together as a church over that time, in order that we might then turn our heads in the opposite direction and start to look ahead to how we sense God inviting us to steward our resources together for the sake of the kingdom as we enter this new chapter that we're standing on the brink of. So last week I used the analogy of the US State of the Union address to try and describe what we're gonna to do today. Now just to explain, for those not up on their US politics and you'd be forgiven, and just to say mine has come almost exclusively through years addicted to the West Wing TV show. Um, but every year the US president uh, has to give an address to Congress called the State of the Union uh, Address, where he typically reports on the country's budget, economy, news, agenda, achievements, and the priorities and proposals for the year ahead. So I thought this was kind of a fitting analogy really for this morning's talk. Uh, in other spheres though, I'm told this has affectionately been known as Pie Chart Sunday. So you can pick between the two, whichever you prefer. But in all seriousness, through the course of Harold's church planting journey so far, uh, we haven't done one of these yet. So this is kind of like our inaugural one of these. But it's our intention to do this once a year as we move forward for several reasons. Firstly, for transparency. As a church, we want to be completely transparent about how we're governed, the resources we have, how we're using them. And as much as we could have run this as an AGM on a cold Monday night, that sounds desperately boring and none of you would have come to it for which I don't think I could blame you at all. Uh, which brings me on to my second reason which is that this is a family moment uh, for us this morning that concerns all of us who would call Harold their church family. Last week I talked about uh, the fourth and final foundational practice that constitutes what it means for us to be family together as a church, the practice of communal giving. And I encouraged each of us to take some time out in the week to prayerfully review how we're personally doing in this practice. And so in some ways, this morning is kind of like a helpful counterpart to last week's talk. So that as each of us reviews our own practices, uh, we also together review how we're stewarding our shared resources as a church, as we pursue our vision, namely to be a distinctive community in the heart of the city that acts as a sign of hope to every corner of Liverpool and beyond. So whether the thought of getting a glimpse of a few pie charts is something that excites you or utterly horrifies you, it's my hope that either way you come away encouraged today. Having seen uh, that what has only been possible because of the faithfulness in the ministry of giving of so many in the life of the church. And it's also my hope that you come away today envisioned too. You know, leaving aside American politics, a more biblical picture of what we're doing this morning is seen in the moment where Moses, after a somewhat disorienting journey through the desert, uh, climbs to the summit of Mount Nebo. And from there, he's able to look back in one direction and clearly 
and uh, visually retrace his steps through the past land that the Israelites had been journeying through in the last season, and then turn his head in the opposite direction and fix his eyes on the promised land where God was now inviting uh, his people to go. So that's kind of like what we're going to do today. And we're going to start by looking back then. Now, as I was preparing for this, I realised that today we're just one week shy, in fact, of a whole year since the pandemic properly hit us. Sunday the 15th of March last year was our final in-person service at the Arts Centre on Myrtle Street for those who were with us at the time. The venue where we'd been gathering weekly for just short of six months since we publicly launched as a church. And on that Sunday, Kath, who is heavily pregnant, got up and gave what was understandably a rather breathy talk, it must be said. Uh, but in it, she addressed our initial response to the health crisis. And I actually listened back to it uh, on our website this week. It was kind of trippy, really, because just the following day, we were then all told to minimise our physical interactions with one another as much as possible. I remember the words clearly. And so began this most unique season that we've been journeying through since then. So it's been almost exactly 12 months since COVID has been with us and a total of 18 months uh, since our launch service. And then tomorrow, of course, the government's recovery roadmap begins, hopefully charting a course for us into a new season. So we're well timed to have this uh, conversation this morning. So in deference to the name Pie Chart Sunday, I wanna kick off by giving you a bit of an overview of how we've stewarded our resources over this 18 months as a whole. So first slide, please, Rob. Uh, what has come in over this period and where it's come from? So you can see that the church's total income from our launch service in September 2019 uh, to now has been just short 50,000 pounds. And by far the majority of this has come from regular giving. That is from people in the life of the church engaging in the practice of giving that we talked about last week through setting up fixed regular monthly giving. And then something like two thirds, uh, something like two thirds of those in hubs give in this way, by the way, which is absolutely brilliant. We want to celebrate. I particularly want to celebrate, you know, the fact that the great majority of our students, in fact, give regularly in this way, which I just think is a wonderful and exciting and inspiring thing for the rest of us. And then a much smaller proportion, about two and a half percent, came from one-off gifts, uh, either from people in the church or else people visiting us and wanting to bless and champion what they saw God doing among us. Just over one percent then came from our Sunday collection at the end of worship, and of course we haven't been doing this uh, since March last year. And then the rest has come from gift aid, where we're able to claim from the government a further 25% on all the gifts that are marked as gift aidable. So uh, roughly half of them here for the, for the maths bods. Uh, and then let's turn to spending. We've operated slightly within our total income over this period around £43,000, partly for reasons I'll come on to later, and partly because our trustees have rightly wanted us to follow good practice and begin to build up a sufficient level of reserves to protect us in the case of any future unforeseen shocks. Like, I mean, I'm struggling to think of a big global shock that changes everything, but you know, <laughs> you, I'm sure you can think of an example off the top of your head. Anyway, so of this figure, uh, this is how we stewarded those resources then. Uh, next slide, Rob. Uh, typically, two of the most major costs in the life of any organisation, because they're often the biggest enablers of everything else, are people and places. And you'll see these reflected here under venues and staffing. I'm going to talk a 
bit more about those a bit later on. So for now, let's go around the rest of the chart. Nearly 9% then went towards what we've called hospitality, uh, which is a big value of ours at Herald. Pre-COVID, some of this would go to making sure that when someone came through the door on a Sunday, whoever they were, um, we would have a free cafe waiting for them with donuts and decent coffee and all of that. It's also enabled us to host great events where we can uh, gather people together, those looking for community in the church or exploring faith or just curious, newcomers meals, student barbecues, pub quizzes and pastoral connection for people in the life of the church. And it's allowed us to ensure that in those moments, rather than offering people the meagre minimum, um, we are always there to extend abundantly generous hospitality because of course we believe abundantly generous hospitality is one of the primary markers of the kingdom of God. Uh, then moving around the rest of the pie chart, office costs, this is all the day-to-day -day operational stuff that keeps things running, administrative, technological, legal, but also creative design, all our wonderful flyers and posters and signage and our website that gives someone a first window into who we are and what we're about as a church. One-off spending then is just what it sounds like, it's one-off. And there have mainly been two moments of significant spending here over the last 18 months. The first was right at the beginning in preparation for us to launch. All the PA and cafe and kids stuff as well as signage and things to make our Sunday venue warm and welcoming for people, which was obviously a considerable cost at the beginning. And so by way of a tangent, I just want to pause for a moment here to celebrate the many people, many of you in fact, who had either never been to church before or had been out of church for a long time, uh, or else had just moved to the city without knowing anyone, who are now part of this church through the welcome and hospitality we were able to extend week in and week out on a Sunday during that first period. You know, my guess is if we were able to do a show of hands right now, it would be half the room. But then the second period of one-off spending uh, came as we transitioned the life of the church online after March. And that looked like us investing in the right tech to enable everything we've done since to happen. Now, for those of you who remember, back in March, we first moved Sundays onto Zoom uh, before quickly starting an online alpha course on a Sunday morning. And again, I want to pause to celebrate at this point so much of what we saw God do in that time. You know, despite having no physical space to meet, uh, we saw more of the church than at any other time invite friends to come and explore questions of faith through Alpha. And a whole load of people came. In fact, we had two groups specifically for people exploring faith and the great majority of them journeyed through the whole next 10 weeks on a Sunday morning and met with Jesus in a powerful way during the Holy Spirit session where we created space for prayer ministry. So much so that we decided to run an online Alpha again midweek online in the autumn and another group of people wanted to explore questions of faith join that. Some of these guys, by the way, have never been to an in-person church service in their lives. Again, that might well be you, but over the last year have either met Jesus or begun a journey towards Jesus and many are actually now in a hub. So there's loads to celebrate as we navigated that initial transition online. You know, at the start of October, we were able to host one in-person service, uh, as part of which we heard some amazing stories from people whose lives had been impacted by joining Harold through Sundays at the Arts Centre. But the fact is that in the period after March last year, where our gatherings have been largely online, we've since seen many more stories like that. Investing in tech and media stuff enabled us to start these weekly live streams that we've been running since last July and ensure they feel as accessible and welcoming as possible, particularly for newcomers. While we're on this, I've been bowled over by how 
Uh, in the face of multiple lockdowns, we're now hosting our second online newcomers hub. And since last summer, we've seen multiple people move to the city, start jobs, and find home in our community, all made possible through these online envir environments that we've invested in. Finally, while I'm on this, our carol service again, while it had to be online this year, rather than being a damp squib through tech and uh, a whole lot of hard work and creativity from the worship team turned out to be one of the highlights of the year. And we think in the region of 80 people tuned in live and at least as many again on YouTube. It's an amazing thing. And finally, in a really hard year for a student to move to the city, we've loved hearing stories of new students connecting with us, joining our online student night, building community, engaging in mission together. There's been so much fruit that's come as we've creatively responded and invested in creating welcoming online environments in the face of the restrictions we've been in over the last 12 months. Anyway, getting, getting into this, back to, the, back to the pie chart, more mundane matters. So training and development then is a, a much smaller slice that's a, a, about us investing in growing and training and equipping leaders, which again is a big value of ours. And then the remaining 20% is Herald's Collective Giving Fund. I spoke last week about the uh, biblical pattern for the practice of giving. And those who were there will remember that we saw that the pattern in the New Testament was to start from the base practice of tithing 10%, but then to look beyond it, following the pattern of Jesus in order to grow in this practice further still. And so in, in response to this pattern, as a church, um, the way we've chosen to steward our resources since we began is by looking to give 20% of everything that comes in towards things that don't directly benefit us, but bless others in the city and further afield. And so a quarter of uh, this goes to resourcing initiatives in the wider vineyard movement across the UK and Ireland. Things like church planting, worship and other national initiatives like that. And then three quarters goes to what we call compassion. If you've been around for any length of uh, time with us, you'll have heard us talk about compassion before. Uh, in the second talk, in fact, of this series, you might remember that I spoke about the vineyard person and how one of the two legs of the vineyard uh, person is compassion. And you know, looking back over what we've been able to do and who we've been able to bless through using this compassion pot over the last 18 months has been massively exciting. I was just kind of reviewing it this week, just thinking what an incredible thing uh, that we've been able to step into. So in parallel to launching our Sunday service, we settled into a rhythm of regularly uh, litter picking the local area around the church every month until lockdown. At that Christmas, we hosted a free wreath making morning for local residents and made up hampers for the guests of Food Cycle in Toxteth. In the spring, we gave seed money to a wider vineyard initiative, Dreaming the Impossible, which when this pandemic ends is gonna be a new national summer festival for youth, springing up as Soul Survivor comes to an end after 26 years. And in the autumn, we were also able to give seed money to one of our own initiatives springing up in this community, Axis Coffee, whose vision is to see renewal in the coffee industry while creating employment for those recovering from addictions in our city. We also resourced our Sign of Hope challenges as we look to help one another find practical ways of bringing hope to our neighbours through the pandemic. And that proved to be the Kickstarter for our Sign of Hope Sundays as we look to go further in this stuff together. Firstly, getting out to serve Faulkner Street Community Garden, which has been such a lifeline to local people this year. And then out in Prince's Park as we served coffee and picked litter and gave out bags of courage to bless people during the November lockdown. And you know, this last thing was so impactful that we kept doing it 
every week into December. I lost count, in fact, how many people ended up receiving these bags of courage in the end, but I know it was more than 300 people. Plus, the guys giving them out wanted to give stuff out to the kids too, so we ended up making kids' bags as well, followed by bonus Christmas bags and, of course, our Christmas nativity hunt in the rain, for those who remember. Uh, when the hospitality industry was told it had to shut down uh, a second time, we looked for ways to encourage our local independence. And so we bought cheese and coffee and beer and other things like that from some of them, made them up into hampers and then gave them out to other independent independents in the city to encourage them um, and bless them. And you know, some of the managers who receive these still bring this up when they see me. This last Christmas, we supported Food Cycle again, but this time we also bought items for 50 hampers for another charity uh, that we partner with now, City Hearts, who support survivors of modern slavery. And I've definitely left some things out along the way, but you get the idea. It's been hugely exciting as we've been able to practice generosity and compassion together. And we're finding that the more we do it, the more we get the bug. And if you talk to Cal and Michelle or some of the others who've been helping us think through this compassion journey that we're on, you'll get the sense from them that we're just getting started. So all that to say, that's an overview of how we've stewarded our resources as a family over our first 18 months and what it's made possible. So let me say again, thank you church for how you faithfully pursued the practice of personal giving this year to make all this possible. These stories of God moving in our city, of him planting this church, extending his family, of people meeting Jesus or returning to faith or receiving practical hope are forever on your tab. Now, before we turn to look ahead in a moment, forgive me one last graph, uh, but I just want to briefly show you how things have progressed during the multiple stages of the last 18 months, because obviously loads has happened in that time. So next slide, here's a monthly view of our income and outgoings over this period. Income is the lighter yellow here, and you can see it's fairly linear, uh, minus a few ups and downs. It's risen steadily since we launched from roughly £2,000 a month then to roughly £4,000 a month now. Uh, outgoings are in orange, and that needs a bit more explaining. Uh, firstly, you can see a big spike in spending at the start as we invested in all those one-off costs that we talked about to get going. But otherwise, during the first six months, income and outgoings broadly matched. Then, of course, COVID hit, and you can see that our biggest cost at the time, our venue hire, fell away almost overnight. And that explains why spending dropped significantly at the end of March. But then if we move along the line a few months, you can see that by the end of the summer, spending rose again, and since then has broadly matched income. Sometimes slightly more, sometimes slightly less, but broadly equal. And this reflects both investment in some tech that we mentioned earlier, but also some staffing costs now. At the beginning of last year, we shared with the church that uh, Kath and I, while uh, working full-time leading the church, weren't currently taking any sort of salary at all. Instead, we'd gone to a group of people outside of Liverpool, friends of ours and friends of the church, who incredibly committed to personally supporting us financially during the first months of the church plant in order to free up the church from initially having to bear this cost themselves. And we recognised at the time that this had been a wonderful and a freeing thing for others to step into and do for the church for a period. But as this temporary support fell away, and in order for the church to become self-sustaining, we soon needed to think about stepping in some of these staffing costs over the course of the year, which of course would feel like a bit of a financial stretch. 
And so to give you an update on this, uh, that's exactly what we agreed with our trustees to do, to begin to step in some part-time staffing costs for Kath and I, uh, which from January this year covers two and a half days each. And while that's only partial, together with our side hustle as Airbnb hosts when it gets back up and running, uh, it's been enough to allow us to keep doing what we love nothing more than doing, investing our lives into serving this community and leading it forwards. So all that to say, the church's incoming, uh, income and outgoings are currently broadly equal, but at the moment that includes negligible venue costs. So as we step into the next season and take hold of all the opportunities that God is undoubtedly inviting us into, it's going to require us to continue to engage with and grow in this practice of giving that served us so well so far. So now I want us to turn and start looking ahead. Uh, at the beginning of this get ready journey, I said that one of the things I think God wants to ignite in many of us right now is fresh faith. And that however much there is to celebrate as we look back, uh, what we've seen so far is at best just a prelude of what's to come. Uh, the main play is about to start. We're still right at the beginning of this church planting journey that God has us on and set in front of us is our vision to be a distinctive community in the heart of the city that acts as a sign of hope to every corner of Liverpool and beyond. So what is it that we sense God inviting us into as we step into the next season? Well, firstly, there's clearly an invitation to us to once again lean into that first part of our vision statement and retake our place as a distinctive community in the heart of the city. Core to what God has called us uh, to is to be a physically gathered worshipping community. And so we're going to want to invest fresh resources into that area soon. We want to invest here so that in the season ahead, we get to see new stories of new people impacted through connection to our Sunday services, not least through an experience of abundantly generous hospitality. Plus, we want to invest uh, further into kids and families too, so we can create a quality environment to allow Herald's growing brood of kids to thrive, but also so that we can engage with it beyond our walls. Some of us right now are dreaming of things like starting a parents and toddlers group for the city. And I said earlier that many of us too sense that there's more ahead for us this year in the area of compassion, maybe even to the point of getting our hands on some space that we can use to catalyse some of this. All of this to say, as we look ahead, there is so much to be excited about and we are full of faith that the best is yet to come. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And while it's going to take time for us as we navigate this transition, particularly towards relaunching a weekly Sunday venue, we know where we're headed. Just like the government, we're working to our own roadmap, if you like. So just on the roadmap briefly, in the immediate, we're going to continue to gather around these online live streams, most likely up until uh, the May restrictions easing. Um, but alongside that, we're going to look for opportunities to do what we love doing, getting out and sowing hope in practical ways across the city. And then as we head into the summer, all being well, we want to let our hair down and have some fun. We'll say more about our summer rhythm between now and May, but as we were praying about all this with our trustees the other night, one of them had a word for us for that period that really resonated, just the word laughter. And I think that's what God wants for us this summer, uh, to experience deep laughter in our bellies, deep joy together, and in turn to extend that joy outwards to our city. And so we wanna look for every opportunity we can over the summer to spend time together as a family and have some fun where we've longed for that for so long. We want to hit the beach in the name of church 
And of course, we want to look for moments when we can come together to worship too, whether that's on a Sunday morning or a midweek worship night, as we take time to bring our whole selves, all we've experienced through this last year, to God in fellowship with one another. But then, of course, and this is central, we also want to get out and roll up our sleeves and bring as much joy and encouragement and hope as we can across the city. As many thousands who don't know the hope of Jesus wake up to life beyond the pandemic after the hardest of years. And, you know, there are some really exciting ideas brewing in a number of us at the moment for how we might do that this summer. So get dreaming, get chatting in your hubs about what this could look like and let's make it a summer to camp. Quick water break. I want to close then with this. Once I sort my lid out. The suspense is killing me. Smooth. Over the last seven weeks, we've been on a journey together as we've invited God into our midst to stir our hearts and wake us up so that we're ready to run the race uh, he's set before us in the season ahead. That's the journey we've been on. And while we're bringing this series to a close now, Uh, This journey of getting ready that God wants to take each of us on is ongoing, I believe. Near the beginning of this series, we said that the thing about our shared vision as a church is that it won't be the same without you. And so this morning, as we've moved from looking back over the land behind us to then looking forward to the journey in front of us, I want to finish by asking you this question. What are the practical things God is still inviting you to do to play your part in all this? and get yourself ready. Maybe it's things that you felt him speak to you about through this series uh, that you haven't yet put into action. Maybe it's starting to let God release dreams in you for the coming season. Maybe there are concrete responses he's still inviting you to make around these four community practices that we've explored. Come, belong, serve, give. Maybe you still need to sign up for a team. Or maybe you still need to sit down and pray through and update your giving practices for the season ahead. Whatever these concrete responses might be, and there might be several of them for you, I want to encourage you now as we move back into a time of worship uh, in a moment to reach for a pen and paper and begin to write these things down before the Lord and then resolve before him to uh, not put them off any longer, but to put them into action in the week ahead. So that's what we're going to do now. Let me just I pray before we move into worship again. So God, we thank you for this journey we've, on, what we've been on. And we thank you that as we've looked back, there is so much to celebrate. Uh, but we also thank you, God, that we know that the best isn't behind us, but lies ahead of us. And we pray, come now, Holy Spirit, would you show us what there is left for us to do to get ourselves ready? Amen. Amen.